Triple M rocks the NRL 24-7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot and strong. Install a Ream. The biggest names and the biggest games are right here. Woo! For King G, where comfort is king. Triple M rocks the NRL. Welcome to the Triple M Saturday Scrum. Yeah, good to be with you. Mark Guyer is here. Emma Lawrence, Ryan Gurler. My name is Tony Squires. Ben Dobbin will join us very shortly. We'll talk about what's going on at the Broncos. Is there any good news there at all? David Gower, plenty of good news around the Eels at the moment. Uh, he will also join us still. It's in at two, uh, all heading towards kickoff. The Titans taking on the Sharks and some uh, good games of footy tonight. The big one, of course, uh, Tigers and the Panthers should be a beauty. The Warriors in the middle there take on the Broncos. So that is what is ahead. Right now, though, uh, we might do a little bit of this game. Ladies and gentlemen, three in five. I love Tony Sessions. I love the three and five. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Three and five. Three and five it is. You know how this works. You have five seconds which to answer uh, yeah, three questions. Uh, what, three answers to the question. What are you doing? It's nice music. You like that? I'm very bad at this game, I must confess. Oh, Emma, yeah. Emma Lawrence, you are the queen of this game. No, last I think Gerd's won last Gerd's week. Gerd's won oh, really? last week. Yeah. Contro- I, I said controversial. I had a pretty easy one. And it yeah. was a, a, what, anyway, uh, that was last week. Let's, yeah, move, on. This week. Let's, Let's move on. Yeah. Uh, look, as you'll know, MG, M is really, really uh, competitive, as of course you two are, uh, elite yes. athletes. Yes. Uh, Emma just works a bit bluer when she gets competitive yeah. and, and doesn't win. Loves a, loves a swear word. She loves a swear. <laughs> loves it. And kids not if you're in the car. Not on air, though. No, no. Kids in cars. They're on holidays. They're driving as we speak. <laughs> and the blues hey, just looks hey, if you hey. wouldn't mind keeping it yes. nice. Keep that I'm right. professional. Mm-hmm. Keep that safe right near Annie Emma, please. Yes. yes. <laughs> kids in cars on the way to Byron Bay or to oh, Terrigal. Just that's right. Forgive Annie Emma for she says one naughty word. Are they allowed to cross? They're not allowed to cross the border yet into Queensland. Are yeah, they? I think Maroon's really uh, pumped about it. Oh, the tenth, I think. Yeah, is it okay. next weekend? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. So Speaking, you, you have to be really careful around kids too, don't you? I've, my niece is two mm. and a half, mm-hmm. and just everything you say, she repeats. Yeah, so well, embrace Maya, it. Embrace it. I get it. yelled I, at if I. Obviously, so you I forget she's around and then mm. might drop a swear word and then... So you've got two years of using potty language, potty talk. No, occasionally. Mm. I, I, mm. I occasionally. played the swear game with my kids all throughout their lives and they're grown up to be nice citizens, great citizens who was swear, swear in when they have to swear. Ah. Swear game. Well, let them swear when mum wasn't around. <laughs> it's okay with half an hour. It's true. There'd to... always be one parent. that My mum was fine. Was anything dad, off limits, not... MG, or was it oh, just yeah, open yeah. slather? No, it was more Any swear? F, mainly. Okay. You know, Father. just l- let it out. Let it out if you want. And, and okay. But, but if you say it in front of mum and in front of other people in public places, you're going to get a smack on the bottom. Wow, that's okay. great advice, kids, from uh, Uncle MG. That's good. Yeah. My parents were the opposite. Couldn't swear in front of dad, but mum let you say it. Oh. Yeah. How hard's a smack from you, MG? Like, I mean, oh, not are we me. talking? No, no, I don't touch it. No. 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 That's, that's, that's my, my, father, my father was a... a Policeman mm. and a lay preacher, so there was certainly <laughs> oh, yeah. no swearing in the spies. Okay, I thought you were talking about smacking them. You were going to hell, but on the mm. jail on the way through, it was yeah. terrific. No good time. <laughs> no, no, no. no good. That's where you got them rosary beads. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Uh, okay. There's virtually no theme in here, but there's virtually no thought in this three and five, but I think mm. we'll go okay. Em, I'll start with you to get the swearing out of the way early, kids. <laughs> yeah. Block your ears get now. Get ready for the dump button. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, can you name three Australian sporting franchises who, franchises who are Tigers? Uh, the West Tigers, oh. the Richmond Tigers, and the... Melbourne oh. Tigers. Yes, the Melbourne uh, Tigers in the basketball. I would have gone with the Eastern Suburbs Tigers in the Brisbane. Well, now the Queensland Cup as well. Oh, wow. But okay. You get, you get two. Two is good. Two uh, and no swear words. Yeah, well, That's a win. <laughs> you, you hang on to that. You're so shallow. <laughs> like, like Kitty's Kitty, in car. You can't say anything in Matt's face, but she, was, she went. <laughs> she, she was nearly close. She went, Friendships. <laughs> okay, Ryan Girdler. <clears throat> uh, the Titans are playing today. Mm-hmm. Uh, coaches is a big thing. Can you name since they're beginning the uh, three Titans coaches? Henry Cartwright, Holbrook, Luke Bird. I think was the interim coach there for a while. He was. Go, go that's that's showing off an interim good. coach. Well, they did have quite a few interim coaches, which yeah, means that a few guys have been sacked mid season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So is that, did I get four you, you in the three four. and five you section? Got, Craig Hodges was an interim. Uh, you could have got five with Garth Brennan. Yeah. Yeah. Terry Madison, two, two games. He was uh, an interim well, coach as yeah. well. Anyway. Justin Holbrook. That's well, well, you've got three. Okay. Mm. All right. Well, well, we're going to mix it up for you uh, then for the win, MG. Yep. Yes, please. Uh, if you can, because it is school holidays. Yep. If you can sing me one, two or three lines of Madonna's holiday, you can win. If we took a holiday, oh yeah, just some time to celebrate, oh yeah, it would be yes! so fun. You, ladies and gentlemen, you are the winner, MG, congratulations. <laughs> I could even do it in a key of Elvis if you wanted, <laughs> if you took a holiday. Yeah. I'm sure you could. We're going to catch up with Ben Dobbin and check on the Bronco News next on Saturday Scrum. That's not where you're travelling uh, on the holidays at the moment. Great holiday track. Great holiday. Depends on what sort of holiday year to have, I guess, but... <laughs> For some people, that's what it might no, turn out to be. Could well Enjoy be. those. Could break, be those break, in Victoria, well in the hot spots, obviously turning around, mm. driving home as we mm. speak. Um, we are going to head uh, illegally across the border right now to catch up once more with our, our good mate, Ben Dobbin. Dobbo, g'day. Yeah, how are we, guys? But the borders are open. We'd love to have you. Just as long as you're not from Victoria, you're yep. more than welcome to come to us anytime. I love it. I love it. What about this? Uh, I know that there's been a little change, but this game today, the Warriors and the Broncos, every week for the past few weeks, we said, gee, they've got to have a win here. Gee, they've got to have a win here. They get beaten by the Warriors. I mean, the whole thing implodes, doesn't it? Oh, I, I don't think there's any two doubt about it. I, I think it has imploded, Tony, to be honest with yeah. you. I, I think... I think you know, it, it, it hides a lot if they have a win. Yes, yeah, sure. It's 14th versus 15th this afternoon, and, and there's every possibility, probably most likely, that Brisbane win. And then they've got Canterbury next week, so they could be two from two. But, I mean, you've got 15th playing 14th and then 15th playing 16th if you look at it right at this very moment. So, I mean, the, the bookmakers don't get it wrong very often. They've got Brisbane to not make the eight at $1.15, um, and that speaks volumes. And when your CEO gets up at the start of the year and says that uh, anything under um, a top four finish is not a success and, and they've got the squad that they believe they had and they've made the changes and they've put the faith in the coach and this playing group and then for them not to make the eight, uh, to me, it needs to heads need to roll with that. I mean, it's inexcusable. We know um, over the last couple of weeks... There's been support for Anthony Seabold and the power brokers up there have said, no, he's on this five-year deal. He won't be going anywhere. And um, But but honestly, just if they lose 
for example, the next two games, does that change? It's, it's untenable. If they lose the next two oh, games against oh, the Warriors yeah. and the Doggies, it, it's – yeah. Oh, sorry to sorry – to, <laughs> to no, 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 question MG, for you, you're right. It's just yeah. – we, 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 the big thing is, I mean, Paul White is the CEO and he is leaving at the end of the year. It, 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 it's not going to come from him. The chairman, Carl Morris, has come out and said publicly that he 100% categorically supports Anthony Seabolt. Interesting, mm. Anthony Seabolt said if he felt that he had to resign, um, he would do that himself. He wouldn't be tapped on the shoulder. He'd do it himself. It, it only can come from one person, and I've said this before and I'll say it again. Lachlan Murdoch um, is the person that will pull the trigger on this um, if, it, if it comes to that, the boss of News Corp, the owner. Now, uh, people might ask, I don't think he's going to get sacked. I, I, I still do question why you would give a, a coach who's had one season in the NRL. I know he got Dallium Coach of the Year. I understand his record, and he's a good coach. Why you would give him a five-year deal? Wayne Bennett never got a five-year deal. Craig Bellamy's never had a five-year deal. That's the questions that need to be asked, and it needs to be asked, like, who made those decisions? Why were they made? What was the basis on mm. it? I mean, you know, you can say everything you want, but when major sponsors start pulling revenue and you're not on primetime TV, Brisbane always have been able to secure more sponsors than anybody else because they've always been that fight, that 7.30 Friday night game, huge exposure for their brand, biggest brand. We've heard it all before. But you start playing 5.30... And no disrespect to 5.30 on a Saturday afternoon um, and your major stakeholders who are used to that national coverage aren't getting it, that comes into play as well. well it's like when um, I, 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 really Gerds and, and, and Tone, do we see a, a player who signs for five years fulfil all his potential? You know, over the years we might have seen one or two who, who have. Usually it's the, 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 you know, the walking under the ladder or the black cat walking across the road when a player signs a five-year deal because it's so much pressure on them. And the fact that, look, it's good on Seabold for getting five years. Like, yeah. he's, he's won the lottery, to be honest. But who who who's the bloke who signed off on it? Who signed off on him signing five-year deal after one year in the NRL? Who's that man? Well, Carl, the chairman, Carl Morris, and, and Paul White. Now, Paul White's finishing. The, um, Paul White and Carl Morris, um, obviously CEO, chairman, um, but... Uh, Carl Morris told me that Paul White is finishing at the end of the year like expected and that they are now on the hunt for a new CEO. There's been some names touted. Dave Johnny from Melbourne has I'm been hearing one ben, name. I'm, I'm, hearing ben, I'm hearing Ben Eichen. Mate, why not? He, he'd be outstanding. And I'm not and I'm not just saying that. Ben Eichen would be outstanding. That name's been thrown up. If you ask Ben himself, he says um, not, but he's a obviously a um, on the board of the QRL. Um, he knows football. He's got the business acumen that um, most would like to see. Another bloke that's being thrown up is Greg Swan, the CEO of the Brisbane Lions. He's he's rebuilt those the Brisbane Lions, and but I think you need a rugby league man. You need a rugby league man to go here. This is a big build again, and it shouldn't be. I mean, this is this is the glitter glamour club of the NRL. Um, that, I, I don't know why you're having to rebuild it again. It, it it speaks volumes of where it's at. It's 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 really disappointing. Everybody you talk to, whether you're not you're on the street, whether or not you remember, they all talk the same thing. What's going on with the Broncos? Mm. What is actually happening? People just don't understand because the Broncos aren't used to this. They're not used to losing like this, and and, and it's not good. Uh, this afternoon, there's every possibility that they could get beaten. I mean, if Roger Tuivasa-Cheek doesn't get suspended, you know that that speak. You know that mm. they're a good side. They've had backs against the wall. We all know that. But gee whiz, they'd like to knock off. There's, Cody Nicarima would love to prove this afternoon that he was the wrong man to let go. He wants to prove Anthony Seabolt wrong. 
and I think they'll get up for it. Adam Blair, he's another one. He'll yeah. want to get up for it. Dobbo, in terms of you know the, the, the punter on the street, was there much yeah. escalation in dialogue once Wayne Bennett re-entered the, uh, the conversation during the week and said what he yeah. had to say about the roster and so on? Plenty. But, Tone, I've got to be honest with you. We all understand what Wayne is and who he is. But one thing we do know is that he's been Brisbane's most ever successful coach and could be classified in the top three, at least in the conversation, greatest coaches to coach the game. The fact that the chairman comes out and says that, I find it a little disrespectful to Wayne Bennett. And I think Wayne Bennett was right within his rights there. He's done plenty wrong, but he was within his rights to defend himself. He left that side, he's left that Brisbane side in a good state. Now, people can say, well, Mitchell Moses was offered to him and he didn't want it. He made that very clear in the conversation. The reason he didn't want Mitchell Moses because he'd already promised um, halfbacks in Cody Nicarima that he was the next man up. And he believes it, it crushes culture when you, bring, when you give a player his word and then you, you, you break it. Now, that's all well and good. He did bring James Roberts in and let Dale Copley go and told Dale Copley that he was going to be the centre. But when it suits Wayne, obviously, it mm, works. Yeah, yeah. Moving forward, um, though... I, I do think I do think for him um, that he was well within his rights. And people are defending Wayne because I don't believe... I, I understand Newcastle and I understand St George if, you, if you're supporters of them after Wayne left. I completely get it. But Brisbane's roster, the, the, they haven't brought anybody new in. They've only let people go. And all these players have been in the system. So, I mean, Anthony Seabold came here because he believed he, he has a chance to win a premiership. And he stands by that. Maybe... Maybe he will. It, you know, it won't be this year, though. No, indeed. What will happen this afternoon? 5.30, the Warriors taking on the Broncos. Uh, Dobbo, as ever, thanks so much, buddy. We'll catch up soon. Good on you, guys. See ya. There he is, Bye. Ben Dobbin. Uh, David Gower from the Parramatta Eels joins us next on the Saturday Scrum. <laughs> the Triple M Saturday Scrum for King G, where comfort is king. Triple M rocks footy. And it's lovely to have your company and lovely to welcome into the show a man who's uh, got the name David Gower, named after the English cricketer, <laughs> after a bet between his parents about the result of the 1995 Ashes series, oh, is wow. how I understand it. Is that correct, Mr. David Gower? I'll take 95. You've taken 10 years off my age, oh, so I'm happy to play on with that. <laughs> <You're saying> 85, <laughs> 85. 85. Wow. Of course it was. 85. Yeah, I'm, I'm, nudging, I'm nudging 35, but I'm happy to be 25 for this interview. And you, no could, have, you could have been Neil as well. Was that that's the other right. name? Yeah, that's right. That's what mum liked. Um, so luckily in this instance, I think that the uh, <laughs> dad one out in the pommies actually got it. <laughs> Absolutely. You'd be celebrating uh, the last night. Was it the 100th game for your skipper, a 42-4 to 4 result? Yeah, that's right. Gutho, um, he's full of energy. He's uh, borderline annoying at times, but um, we're trying to make a really big point of making milestone games important. And, you know, Jai Field debuting for the club, he's trained really hard for us over the last few months, so he wanted to really make sure that he knows what it's about when you pull on a Parramatta jersey and that all the boys have got your back and are going to do everything they can for you in that, you know, in that instance. Hey, what is it like playing with Mike Acevo? You talk about Gutho full of energy, but um, Sevo seems to be sort of on the other end of the scale, very shy, but gee, uh, he can perform, can't he? He's just pure brute force. He's like that at training. There's nothing worse. You're sort of, you're going in about 80% into a bit of a contact, a bit of a pose, <laughs> and the big fella steams off the back fence, palms you straight in the face, <laughs> and just hanging on for dear life. I'm glad he's on our team. <laughs> hey, Dave, how hard has it been this year for you and some of the other guys that have sort of been in the squad and out of the squad just to keep fit and keep that match fitness given the fact that there's sort of no other games that you can be involved in at the moment? 
Yeah, look, it's been a strange year, to be honest. It's been very difficult. Um, you know, for me personally, I've just been training. That was actually obviously my first game since about March, since reserve grade round one. So, you know, all the training you do, particularly with the new rules now, it's a it's a new game and it's a lot faster than it was before. So it takes a little bit to get going again. But, um, you know, we've been training well and Ryan Carr, our development coach, has been doing a really good job there sort of priming us for our big session every week. He really gets us up almost to a game-like intensity. And, you know, we've been challenging the NRL squad on a weekly basis. And, and I'd like to think we've been really helping improve, the, you know, the whole squad as well. Dave, can you feel something special brewing within the club? Is there is there some is there something different about the the way that you know you've come back since post um, COVID lockdown and, and and just being that 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 something special in the air? Can you sense it? Yeah, I think so. I think I think we sense it all preseason. I mean, last year we had a had a decent year, obviously rebounding off our pretty ordinary 2018, and um, I think we sort of probably realised that we could have done a little bit better in the back end of the year. There, obviously, we sort of. We destroyed the Bronx and then you know, um, Melbourne gave us a bit of a hammering. I think we sort of turned up really a couple of solid additions in Madison and um, Regan Campbell-Gillard. They both fitted in well and, you know, they've gotten a little bit fitter over the break. BA got them to lose a bit of weight. And, um, you know, they're playing phenomenal since the turn. I think the belief's there. Uh, we got really good depth now. A lot of guys have played in and around that 100-game mark and you got the old silver fox, Michael Jennings, out wide, who's just <laughs> a wealth of experience, and he's playing sort of career best footy as well for us. So, and young Dylan Brown, cold as ice, he's um he's got a, an amazing temperament for a young kid, and he's going fantastic as well. And you mentioned Jai Field. Uh, for those of us who've uh, you know followed the Dragons around for a long time, he didn't quite get the opportunities, but he's always known how quick he is and and what potential there is there. Yeah, I think um, one of the boys joked about it during media during the week. He's torched um, the grade squad <laughs> at training most weeks. He's just really quick, and you saw a bit of a bit of taste of that last night. You know, he gets a bit of space, and he'll kick across field before you know it. He skips three heads, and he's fishing, um, putting someone through a hole. So, you know, I think the question mark um, was obviously going to be making sure that he defends well. And when you step into the grade, I think um, Mitchell just said, mate, we don't need you to do anything special. We just need you to do your job, and that's defend well run the ball when you, when your opportunity's there and, and just feed your back rowers. And you did a really good job. And is it right this is your last season contracted? You're doing a lot of work in the athlete wellbeing space. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, I'm a bit like, uh, is it Johnny Farnham one, one last time? I don't know. You've got to say never. Um, one last year, I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm, on a personal note, I'm not sure if I'll retire yet. Um, I'll play for the next four to six weeks and see where I'm at, but um, I'm ready for whatever happens. But, yeah, I'm, I'm very passionate about athlete wellbeing. I did a cert for an elite athlete wellbeing a year or two ago, and part of my role this year has been actually uh, doing the New South Wales Rugby League Elite Pathways wellbeing for our club. So that's 16s, 18s, 20s, and reserve grade. And obviously with all of those competitions getting cancelled um, sort of in April, it's been a bit difficult. But, you know, I'm... Feeney and Jason Stewart, our um, our wing guys at the NRL level and, and doing all I can. I think I had a bit of a unique journey in rugby league and I understand uniquely uh, what it's like sort of being on the fringe and the importance of education and, and a pl- another plan A is what I like to call it instead of just only thinking about football as your only career, to have that second plan A and, and really strive for something as well as rugby league is, is only been a benefit for me and I'm trying to pass that on to the kids. And how is that, how is that received by the younger guys that, only dream of playing NRL? I think it's a little bit uh, a bit of an eye-opener to start. I think, you know, kids grow up with stars in their eyes at times, yep. but there's enough players now that have been around to pass on, you know, those those key uh, 
key words of wisdom. But, you know, some kids don't want to believe it. They just think they're destined for superstardom. But the reality is, you know, I think it's about 49 games is the average NRL career now. I think, um, so if you get, you know, four years, I think, is the average time spent in a full-time system. So, you know, four years out of a 45-plus year working career is a really insignificant amount of time. Yep. So, and the amount of funding and, you know, everything that's available to us players now is, it's only getting better. Right. And it's incredible. It's changed significantly since I first came into grade. And, you know, for, for players that don't look at that aspect of their life and sort of at least put a certain level of priority on it, they're, they're really um, doing themselves a disservice. Great work, mate. mate That's so important. Yeah, to our doing industry. a great job. Well done. Um, thank you, mate. And uh, congratulations on the job on the field as well for the Eels this year. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Dave. Thanks. There is David Gower. Very smart boy. Yeah. No, that's, yeah I, that's, I didn't realise that tone. You, you just gave, you, I learned something today about that bet. I always wondered um, that David Gower obviously colloquially used as a shower, going for David Gower. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's, slang, so, so his parents um, were having a bet, did you say? Yeah, they had a bet in the 1985 Ashes series about who would win. Uh, and the other name was Neil, and because England won. His, his dad, I think, was English. Who was Neil a representation of? No, 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 or was that was, just the name that, that they like? That was just Neil the name. Gower. That's Neil, a strong name Neil as well. Neil Gower is strong, isn't it? But not good as not as good as Ray Stone. I mean, that's <laughs> got to be my favourite name <laughs> in the NRL at the moment. Yeah, you should have a, TV, should, a Netflix series after him. Yeah. <laughs> Ray Stone. <laughs> you should. You should have like with the former rugby player Sterling Mortlock. Because oh, I always thought Ray he should be a, a private investigator. Sterling Mortlock <laughs> investigates. <laughs> Ray Stone is what up was, there. What was the other name that your parents were going to call you? I was going to be called. I was supposed to be called Martin. My my dad wanted to call me Martin. Martin Guy. Mm. Yeah, Marty. Okay. Well, <laughs> Martin Guy sounds more like it could have been a. I was. Know, I think I was going to be Gary. <laughs> oh, you were Gary Gerber. Yeah. <laughs> that'd, that'd, that'd be my wrestling name. If I was a wrestler. He's a gentleman. Gary Gerber. The full Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Saturday scrum stick around. The Triple M. Saturday Scrum for King G, where comfort is king. Triple M rocks footy. Well, heading towards the kickoff, the Titans taking on the Sharks at uh, 3 o'clock. Peter Sterling will join us in roughly uh, 14 minutes. Until then, a lot of clubbers here at the moment struggling down the bottom, still thinking about what can we do to change uh, next season and beyond. Certainly the Bulldogs is one of those clubs. All right, so a little task has been set, certainly for you, Ryan Girdler, uh, MG as well. The notion, $3 million to spend next season, the Bulldogs. $3 million in the salary cap. Uh, Who are you going to go after? How are you going to turn this club around? What kind of personality? What kind of player? Uh, Mark Geyer, I'll start with you. Um, I think they need a couple of power forwards. I think they need a couple of intimidators. And I think Jacob Saifidi from the Knights would be a perfect fit for the the Bulldogs. Um, I know that. You know, his brother Daniel has, has cracked it for the origin birth and they're very close. I don't know whether he'd ever leave um, the Knights, but um, him or James, only James Tarmow at the moment is, um, you know, he wants a three-year deal at Penrith and they don't want to give him one. So he might be another player who could give a couple of three, two or three years good service at the Doggies. Um, someone like a Josh Kerr from um, from the Dragons. Mm-hmm. Sorry to tell you that, Tony. Yeah, but thanks so much. I think Connor Watson would be good value there as as a utility who could play hook. I think Marshall King's more of a, a half, and I, I I thought he might have made a fist of the hooker the hooker role, but I don't think he's a, he's a specialised hooker. And I think that well, not these days you don't have to be because we see Ben Hunt there playing half uh, hooker half, and I think Connor Watson can be really good value. But I think the one thing they've got to get is his points over the line. Um, they've got to sign someone who other teams are, are scared of when they get, he gets the ball, and that's. 
the Fox, um, Josh Haddo Carr. He's, this is his last year in Melbourne. I think he'd be a great fit for the Doggies. And is your coach still one D pay? Um, well, that goes that that remains to be seen. Um, he's got you know he's got to find something. I know the cattle that he's got very hard to herd um, when when it's not up to the caliber of the, the other teams and, and and clubs in the competition. But you still got to manufacture something. That last their their performance last week um, against the Tigers was was not good enough. Um, they lost their best player for eight weeks in in Will Hopewadi with a an ankle injury, but they should they still should have offered more than they did last week against the Tigers. Because um, one thing that the Dogs have had in recent times is a really good defensive line, but that went out the window against uh, the Tigers, who were who were brilliant. So, uh, look, I, I, I uh, good question, Tone. I don't know. I, yep. Probably probably not would be my my figuring. All right, Gary Girdler, uh, you've got oh, three you, three million dollars, and you're ready yeah. to go. Look, I think if you look at the people they've got coming off contract, they need to sort some of those guys out. Alan Elliott, I would be re-signing, making sure that he's part of my plans moving forward. I think he's one of their best on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Kieran Foran, I would basically go up to and say, Kieran, uh, you've had a really good deal for the last three or four years, but you've given us X amount of games. I don't like doing incentives because I think that complicates salary caps because you just never know how much that player is going to earn in a year and how can you build a budget around that. So I would offer him obviously half the money that he's probably been on because I think he's crucial for the development of some of those halves coming through. And I just don't see anyone else in the marketplace at the moment that they could go out and get sure they could go out and try and entice someone to break a contract to get a, a playmaker. But I don't see anyone uh, on the list of uh, that's available. So How many years do you give Kieran for? I, give, I, give, I put Kieran on a one-year deal, possibly two, depending on how his body holds up. But I think, you know, he needs to be able to work with us after the leniency that we've given him over the past couple of years and the money that he's taken out of the organisation. I think he... Would be happy given I don't think there'll be a lot of other clubs coming from too many places to chase Kieran and compete. I would say uh, re-signing him's pretty important. I would then go for, if I'm trying to build a good system in an organisation and I haven't got one yet, I go to players that have been in good systems and I see Jesse Bromwich is off contract now. No, he's, he's, he's not anymore. He's he, not. No, he took up the, uh, the, the, the offer from Melbourne. Ah, oh, that's unfortunate because yeah. I would have gone hard at a Melbourne Storm player like Jesse Bromwich and got him up there, even though he's 31 for a couple of years. So if, if I can't get Jesse, well, and I'm going to spend a lot of money, and Pete Sterling's just walked in, he's going to mm. kill me, but I'd be going really hard for a nine. I'd be going for Reed Marnie. I think he's shown enough. Pardon? Yeah, I just got... <laughs> yeah. But look, I, you know, unfortunately, you know, that's just the, the nature of the beast, isn't it? I mean, a guy like him comes through the system there at Parramatta, and he's a fantastic player, and he's established now, but he's going to demand big money at the end of the year. And if I'm the Bulldogs, I need a dummy half. I agree with... I agree with um, <clears throat> with MG that, um, I, you know, I, I, I think um, Marshall King's a, a good utility player, a 14, but um, not a starting hooker in an organisation that are looking to, you know, go play in the finals and, and possibly go a little bit further. So I'd certainly go hard at a uh, at, at a dummy half and Reed would probably be the guy that I would uh, put front and centre of that. Um, a guy like SASA coming off at the moment. I know he's coming off the Newcastle Knights. I think he's been good up there. I'm not sure why he's off contract. He'd be a guy I'd, I'd, I'd look at as well. Tyrone May from the Panthers, another guy that hasn't had a lot of opportunity and has now fallen back down the pecking order at Penrith. Um, had a disrupted couple of years with some incidents off the field and whatever. But he's a guy that can play and a guy that could come in and put some pressure on some of those roles in the middle of the field. Um, I think Hopper is a good fullback. I'd be playing him there on a weekly basis. 
I know they need a point scorer, but I don't like spending money on outside backs. I think you need to develop those if you're going to have a successful salary cap. Like guys like you've got to find your Sevos, your Crichtons, and these guys coming through. I don't think going and paying five or six hundred thousand dollars for a centre or, or a winger is a smart thing to do when you're trying to build a salary cap. I think you really need to develop those guys, but they might need. If I was going to go out into the market and buy a, a, a winger, it would probably be a guy like a Corey It's a guy that's got origin experience, got plenty of first grade under his belt, um, and you know what you're going to get with him. Um, I know Nick Cotrick's really close to signing. He might be a good investment. We'll see what happens down the track. Um, but they're kind of the, the guys that I'll be looking at. With Reed Money, so obviously Harry Grant, there's that it's been well documented. If Cam Smith plays on, there's that get out clause. And apparently the dogs were sniffing around or there is interest. Would you rather Harry Grant or Reed Marnie? I'll take either one of them. I'd take either one of them. Look, um, for the same amount of money, who would I take? Mm. I, I, I'd probably, I'd probably roll the dice a little bit on Harry Grant at this point, just so, because yeah, I think Harry he's Grant's. doing things. I mean, Reed, take nothing away from Reed's doing, but he's doing it at the moment with a really good side. Yeah. And he's and 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 I think what's impressive about Harry is his, his side's going well at the moment, but he's doing things at a at a level for a young guy in his first year in a side that are struggling in certain games that are are, are pretty outstanding. Yeah, something about Harry. There is something about Harry. Uh, all right, I think you've solved the problems uh, of the Bulldogs there. So well, Jesse Bromwich was my big guy, but yeah, he's, he's obviously he's not, not on the market available. anymore. So maybe I'll just go for Cam Smith. He's on there. <laughs> he's, on, he's on the list. What about we get Cam Smith and a, a couple of the, um, what are they called, those old guys that play for the Roosters, the Morris brothers. Morris How about we get all those guys Actually, out there at the Bulldogs? JT, I think, said that, uh, as in Jonathan Thurston, said that the Cam, um, Brisbane should throw everything they have at Cameron Smith. Mm. Would you do that? If I was Brisbane? No. 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 But I tell you, another guy that's on the list, and I don't know where it's going to fall, but we should find out the back end, the Jack DeBellin. If he can't, yeah. he's off contract, and if he comes back on the market, don't know what's going to happen with him this year, but if he's ready to play football again next year, well, surely we'd I'd definitely look at that. Big red V, wouldn't he? I don't know. You'd hope. All right. Peter Sterling will join us uh, very shortly in the hour we have to share. Before the kickoff, the Titans taking on the Sharks as Triple M rocks the footy. The Triple M Saturday Scrum for King G, where comfort is king. Triple M rocks footy. Yes, thanks so much to the good people at King G. Uh, MG is here as well. Emma Lawrence, Ryan Girdler. My name is Tony Squires. Peter Sterling will join us in just minutes. Uh, but before we do that and before we get to the news, we have been talking about this great game of Rugby League, 27-25, the storm over the Roosters, and we'll get Sterling's take on that uh, when he jumps in, in the chair. But uh, I was just wondering, MG, uh, before we send Gerds on his way for half an hour, then do you have uh, an experience, a memory of a club game that wasn't grand, uh, you know, a winning grand final or even mm. a finals match, a club game that just sticks out in your head as a beauty? Um, look, a couple spring to mind. I think the first game with Western Reds in 95 was one against the Dragons, which, you know, it was 41 degrees. We played them at one o'clock in the afternoon. And I was there that day. Yeah, it was just, that was special because it was kind of the, the, the new era. Um, little did we know within two weeks that we'd be signing with Super League and it'd all go to, down the, down the toilet. But, um, yeah, that was special. I suppose, um, there was one game, Gerds, I don't think you play because, um, Hicksy was our goal kicker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the game against, in two thousand against the Tigers. Yep, six from six Hicks. Thirty-one six at half time, all down. Yep. Um, Craig Field, I think, kicked the field goal right on half time to make it thirty-one mm. six. Um, and we we won thirty-two thirty-one right in the bell. Um, 
which wow. was which was a a great game. But there's one game in particular that stands out. Uh, 1989 it was, and we're playing the Bulldogs at Penrith Park in a quagmire. It was mud. You'd put your foot, one of them games where you'd, you know, obviously back in the day when the grounds weren't what they are now, you put your foot on the ground and just, you, you, your boot would sink, you know, two or three <laughs> inches into the ground. Um, Peter Kelly and Chris Mortimer were playing against their old club. There was a few fiery moments, but we scored some tries that day that were, you know, oranges. Still, I would know about oranges over the head. You throw the ball with Ron Woolley as your coach. Um, and we did it a couple of times, and we beat them. Who were they were they were like the juggernaut of the eighties, the the Bulldogs, and that was probably the best club game that I'd, I'd been involved in because we had such a um, hard time beating them before that. Dogs were always our bogey team. They'd never in first grade when I started in eighty seven. I'd never beaten the Bulldogs, and uh, two years later we did on home deck in in, in basically mud. And after the first tackle, you'd be you'd be covered in it, and uh, I think we ended up winning pretty convincingly in the end. I love it. All right. Thank you, MG. Uh, Gerds, we'll see you in roughly half an hour. We'll see Sturlo in just minutes away on the Saturday Scrum. Triple M rocks the NRL 24-7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot and strong. Install a Ream.